The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. First of all, everyone knows our immigration system is broken. Right. Okay. The first bill that we dropped, the first bill that we offered right after inauguration was to fix the immigration system. A comprehensive plan to deal with the immigration system. Do you think they've taken it up? No. We want solutions. The solutions are at hand. But frankly, we're in an election year, uh-huh. and the folks who want to return Donald Trump to the White House would prefer to talk about a broken immigration system instead of focusing on the solutions that are at hand and engaging in bipartisan work. Republicans are yelling that states don't have the tools to help with migrants, but rather than work with Democrats, Republicans are targeting communities of color and Democratic cities like Chicago, New York, and Philadelphia. And while they say that it's about Democrat-run cities, I do want to point out another similarity that they have. These are cities that are run by African Americans. So while I know that they love to pretend as if there are no racial undertones, it is just striking to me that we specifically are going after African American-run cities. There was tremendous focus on Ukraine and an understanding that if we don't come to Ukraine's aid, that the consequences for America around the globe would be nothing short of devastating. We also talked about the border and how it's so important to deal with the border. We have to do both. There were a couple of people in the room who said, let's do border first. We said we have to do both together. We have to do them both together. How do you even explain this? Lee Smith said the other day in his interview with us, he he called these people agents of chaos. Well, Barack Obama specifically. But these are all agents of chaos. We can't do anything about our own border, about the invasion of our own country, unless we do it with the billions and billions we want to continue sending to Ukraine. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is The Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. You can get to the live stream of this show every weekday morning at 11.05 a.m. in the central time zone of the United States. That's at trumpetdaily.com or at rumble.com forward slash trumpetdaily. Just go to our Rumble channel. If you do, make sure you leave us a thumbs up so that you can up our rating. You know, Lee Smith, I thought, just speaking of that, uh, that interview, he, he had, I think, a more balanced perspective with respect to America's presence abroad. He believes that it should have a presence abroad. There's quite a few people in the MAGA movement, Make America Great Again, that not only want America to be put first, but they, they just want to leave the rest of the world to fend for itself. And it's, again, it's hard not to sympathize with that message when you see when you see your own country going up in flames, but, and you know, really when you think of the bigger picture, when Donald Trump does come back, when he does stop with the slush fund to the Ukrainian oligarchs, when he does either create distance or sever ties altogether with NATO, 
it's only going to give rise to the beast power, the prophesied seventh and final resurrection of the Holy Roman Empire. So prophecies are going to accelerate for sure. But at the same time, the message that he has, <laughs> make America great again, it's why he's going to return to office. 75 million people voted for him just three years ago. It was a record, a record showing. If you take away the, the 10, 12, 15 million, fa 15 million uh, fake ballots on the other side, it's more than anyone generated. And now, I mean, his message is even more popular. I saw a tweet yesterday from a black musician saying, well, just wait until you see how many in the black community vote for Trump. Vote for Hitler. <laughs> they, they, the agents of chaos, I mean, they're desperate. In some ways, I'll play some clips for you later, they're anticipating, some of them are even anticipating the return of Trump. But uh, there's quite a few of them that want to destroy him. And they're going to, as I've been saying, they're going to, they're going to exercise every option in this year, in, in this upcoming 11 months, less than 11 months, the war in 24. Okay, so have a presence abroad, but, uh, you know, right now there's Americans that uh, don't, they don't want to visit big cities. They're filthy. They're crime-ridden. They, they, I know people that don't even feel comfortable in these sanctuary hotels. There's quite a few of them now turning their hotel or just opening them up to all these refugees, all these immigrants, these illegal immigrants. And then how can you blame, the, blame those establishments? I mean, they're... They're fully funded by the government. The government's just paying for everything, paying for the invasion. And yet you've got Chuck Schumer there. People are outraged. You've got Chuck Schumer there saying, I can't believe two people, three people actually said, hey, let's do the border security first. No, we've got to do both. If you get your border security funding, then we've got to have the billions and billions and billions for the Ukrainian slush fund. It really is. America really is being attacked. It's not like funding or helping the Israelis or helping Ukraine is altogether wrong. But the people that are controlling the purse strings at the moment, they're destroying America. They hate America. That comment from Chuck Schumer shows you just how much they hate America, how much they hate Americans. Listen to them talk. <laughs> and they're so proud of their agenda, so proud of the fact that they're righteous. And, and all of the people in the MAGA movement, they're the sinners. Listen to the, the French lady talking about the fake president. It's just a short clip, number six. One thing that the president does not do is insult, vo insult voters uh, or American people. That's all he does. He's insulted half of America, more than half, 75 million three years ago. I mean, it's easy to see a scenario where it's 80 or 90 or 100 million even. They lose these agents of chaos. They're losing the minority groups. They're losing the blacks, the Hispanics. They don't insult Americans. As I say, that's all that, listen to the banter you had the fake vice president on The View, right at home, no hard questions. She's there laughing away, like, laughing, laughing at everything like she typically does. 
But but listen to just the question, how they set it up. They call the supporters of Donald Trump basically crazies. And you've heard the fake president go on and on about the MAGA Republicans. Yesterday we talked about how the white people are the enemy now. Those white Christian nationalists. This is from The View uh, yesterday, clip four. And what are you going to do to stop the crazies? I am scared as heck. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I'm traveling our country. You know, there's an old saying that there are only two ways to run mm. for office, either without an opponent or scared. So on all of those points, yes, we should all be scared. Run without an opponent. That's that's kind of weird. But then the other comment, the crazies, um, I'm scared. Here, here's another one. Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, they're terrified at the thought of Donald Trump returning. As I say, it's almost as if they're anticipating that return. He never, the fake president, never insults Americans. This is from Just the News. The House Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government on Wednesday announced that it had obtained documents showing that federal agencies flagged financial transactions for financial institutions using politically sensitive terms such as, wait for it, MAGA and Trump. Oh, they've got to track your financial transactions if they're involving terms like MAGA and Trump. And that's not all. It gets better. It says the panel described an effort by which Americans might see their transactions flagged while making innocuous transactions such as purchasing a Bible or shopping at a sporting goods store. You buy a Bible, I mean, you could be one of those white Christian nationalists, but, but keep in mind, Joe Biden, he doesn't insult people. No, he's not like the bad orange man. He loves everybody. These people, these agents of chaos, they're just, you, uh, nothing could illustrate this better than the media agent of chaos. He was actually standing in front of chaos, telling you it's, it's pretty peaceful. Everything's, pe everything's peaceful. Everything's perfect. The moment you know it's chaos all around is when they come out and say it's just perfect. It's just perfect. What was it that Kamala said? It's further on in my notes. This is her bragging about Joe Bama's work. And, uh, and, and basically saying we've just got to sell people on it a little bit better. Clip two. We have to earn the reelect, and we have to communicate what we have achieved. Yes. And, and that is going to be one of our big challenges. We've done a lot of good work. We need to net, let people know who brought it to them. <laughs> a lot of good work. We just need to, to, to let people know how much we've done. They won't, even, they won't even protect the southern border of their own country unless they can send tens of billions more to Ukraine. It has to be paired with Ukraine. What other nation on earth operates this way? You know what? We're not going to have any border security. We're just going to put our funding toward Ukraine. This is that... Uh, just the news piece again. It says this kind of pervasive financial surveillance carried out in coordination with and at the request of federal law enforcement into America's private transactions is alarming and raises serious concerns about the FBI's respect for fundamental civil liberties. That's a quote from this House report, this committee report. Who's the real 
who are the real domestic terrorists, the ones targeting American targets or American institutions or American people? This is what the FBI and the DOJ have become. It's just completely weaponized and they target people that are purchasing things and, 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 and it involves MAGA or Bibles or Trump, not the other side. They're going after half the country, more than half, as I say. We'll see how many votes. We'll see how many votes Trump gets this time around in November, and we'll see how much they're able to cheat this time around, the opposite side. But they're destroying the country. They're just driving it into the ground, and they won't, they won't fix anything. They're just making it worse. You think about their priorities. No wonder there's so much enthusiasm and support for make America great again or put America first. He's just increasing in popularity. He's leading in every poll, even New Hampshire. And yet the, the regime media, they're going to really start hyperventilating here leading up to next Tuesday. Just hopeful, hopeful that the Uniparty can somehow pull it out for Nikki Haley. John Kerry, he's stepping down from his post. He's a climate change expert. He's going to really get out there, as he said yesterday in that clip we played, to campaign for Joe Obama. It's so important. He's probably terrified as well at the thought of Donald Trump coming back. Listen to him and the comparison that he makes here. This is at the World Economic Forum. Happens every year. Nothing good comes out from it. It's all the global elites, they get together, they, talk, they come in, of course, on their fancy jets and then talk about how the, you know, the sheeple, they need to cut back on flying and, and, and taking vacations and uh, turn off the thermostat and uh, get an electric car. Hypocrites, all of them. Clip seven. And I'm here again today because I'm convinced that the only way we win this battle is by stepping up exponentially from where we are today and begin to treat this fight almost as if we were in a war. I hate the war analogies because we get tired of them and they're probably overused, but unfortunately it's, uh, it's, it's apt. In World War II when we needed to gain control over the skies of the ocean and learn how to penetrate Hitler's defenses in order to win the battle of freedom, it was mid-level techs who made a lot of decisions that actually helped us win the war. At the end of the war, we could turn out one B-24 bomber every hour on the hour in a reconstituted automobile factory because we were serious. Could we be doing that today for solar panels? Could we be doing that today for blades, for turbines? How do you think that message sets with... Uh the American voter. Shouldn't we go all in on the solar panels? EVs, all those things? He's comparing, I guess, climate change now is the, the he's the other Hitler, he. The, the climate, global warming, that's Hitler, and then the orange man, he's Hitler too. And we gotta fight him. We gotta pull out all the stops. We've gotta go to extreme measures to get all this done. Meanwhile, inflation, southern border invasion, crime in the cities. This is from, speaking of EVs, this is from Fox Business. 
Desperate Tesla owners in and around Chicago were seen trying to charge their vehicles with no luck amid frigid temperatures that have gripped the Midwest. All these electric cars, they're not working so well in a, in a deep freeze. It says here, charging stations have essentially turned into car graveyards in recent days as temperatures have dropped to the negative double digits. But hey, we got to keep pursuing this. Just like we did Hitler in World War II. We've got to churn it out. <laughs> We've got to churn out solar panels and electric vehicles by the millions to fight against Hitler. That's not a, a campaign platform that's going to win a lot of votes. They're not out there really talking about their campaign, about their agenda. It's just in generalities, like you just heard from the fake vice president. Hey, we've done a good job. We just got to communicate that to the people. This is another one. CNBC. Hertz, that's the rental car company, surprised many onlookers last week when the car, the car rental company announced it would be selling about a third of its global electric vehicle fleet, reversing course on several big bets it had placed on EVs. It's just not working out so well. For the, uh, the user, for the companies that are renting these vehicles. Listen to the, speaking of the World Economic Forum and nothing good coming out from it. Look at this bit of derangement that took place, I think, yesterday. Clip eight. <laughs> She's coughing on all of these panelists, this, this pagan lady. Two seconds ago, we were told to keep distance from people, wear a mask, be careful for grandma. And there she is at the World Economic Forum. They're trying to save the world. And you got, you've got it's every year, there's some crazy lunatic like this. And people, the hilarious part, the, the panelists sitting there and, and behaving as if, well, yeah, this is completely normal. Yeah. Yeah, nothing, nothing wrong with the pagan lady coughing on my forehead, coughing into my face. There are the, the global elites gathering together to save the world. No wonder, no wonder you have individuals like you know, the Argentinian leader, Donald Trump's movement. People see this world just completely off the rails. And leaders that won't take care of the problems that persist at home. This article, how about this for a headline? It's at the Washington Post. Do your, doing your own research is a good way to find up being wrong. 
I mean, he's making some valid points about the fact that there's a lot of misinformation online. There's a lot of people producing things to try to get clicks that uh, isn't, isn't factual. We, we talk about this in the latest trumpet, the post-truth world. But the author here, this is what's hilarious, Philip Bump. He's, he's at the Washington Post talking about misinformation, and he's the one, I don't know, he might still believe that Hunter Biden's laptop is misinformation. He was a believer for a long time, I know that. He was a spreader, he is a spreader of misinformation. He says here, there is an outsized appetite for derogatory, counterintuitive, and anti-institutional assessments of the world around us. And he gives the reasons for that. Further on, he writes, the result is that there is both a supply and a demand for nonsense or, or, or appealingly framed errors. Americans who have little trust in the system can easily find something to reinforce their skepticism. They often do. He often does. That's the truth. That's the dirty little secret here. This is a guy who takes what the leaks coming from the CIA or from the DOJ, he takes them as the absolute fact because he knows. He knows the deep state would never, never, never lie about anything or that it would never spread disinformation. So he's there as a government mouthpiece, the spokesman for the feds. And if you understand the underlying premise here, he's telling you, don't, you know, take what I say. (laughs) Don't do your own research. If you do, you might end up with the wrong answer. You might end up a consumer of misinformation. He says here, the same thing happens on cable television. Channels like One America News, which I described shortly after the 2020 election as a a pro-Trump video, video channel offered with a cable news-like aesthetic. (laughs) So he he knows which cable stations are the purveyor of misinformation and which ones are solid. You know, he's, I'm sure he's a real big believer in MSNBC. He wouldn't refer to MSNBC as as a mouthpiece for the regime, for Joe Bama. For the fake president, he says, doing your own research might lead you to reputable-looking sources that are anything but. Okay, what about the Washington Post, the newspaper that this particular individual works for? It took the regime 18 months to, to even acknowledge that Hunter's laptop was Hunter's laptop. So for 18 months, including during the election cycle of 2020, they lied. They knowingly lied. And so did those 51 intel agents. They covered up the truth. Well, you have to do it to try to get Biden in there to be able to steal the election. This was from from some time ago, just some podcaster who was Sitting down with Philip Bump, the the author of this article, the title of which, again, just to give it to you, doing your own research is a good way to end up being wrong. Just take my word for it. You don't even have to bother with research. I'll I'll give you the truth, says Philip Bump. Listen to this exchange with a a podcaster and Philip Bump from uh, a year or two ago. I forget the exact date. Clip 11. What do you take from the text message to his adult daughter? 
uh, hundreds of text messages. I have to give fifty percent of my income to Pop. I have no idea what that means. I don't. I have no idea what that means. Well, it's it's it's. it's it, I know it's circumstantial evidence, and you prefer that. No, what what, what could it I, be? I have no idea. But doesn't it, I don't know? Well, did, I appreciate I, your. Has I anybody has anybody it. asked her? I, I don't know. I don't know. Don't you think somebody should ask her? Okay. Like I, I'm not. I just said I don't know, and I don't know what to make of it. So I have nothing yeah, but, to say you, about it. Yeah, what, but doesn't I'm gonna say. Yeah, but you say there's no evidence, no evidence. But then there's a text message where he says, "I give Pop fifty percent of my money." That's that's evidence. Okay. Well, what? Okay, fine, fine. So that's evidence. I appreciate you having me on. It doesn't. It, that something like that. Who do you think is being more? I, I listen to that. I'm saying. Am okay, I? Am I? Okay, what, you, you can. You, I, think, I feel you want me to leave, like just walk out in the middle of this you because that way you can you leave. Can, you can go. Right. Is this a standard? Really? This is the way the Washington Post handles people who disagree yeah, with not, them. That is the standard. If you disagree with them, you get shouted down, and the guy gets up and walks out. We we left that part off the clip. Don't ask me about that text from Hunter to his adult daughter. The guy makes a good point. The interviewer, uh, well, has, I don't know if that's true or not. Has anybody asked her? What did she mean by that? D- I mean, just some good reporting, right? Some good investigative reporting. D- does anyone at the Washington Post think to do that? They won't even ask the question. They won't even interview the daughter. They just take what the regime says. The regime says it's Russian disinformation. There you go. And then he finally gets called out for it. And he throws a fit, this guy. And he's writing an article now saying, hey, if you do your own research, that's dangerous. Says here, journalist Michael Hobbs recently remarked upon another emergent pattern that one, uh, one can just adopt the aesthetics of a fact check or a secret document leak and people will act like you've blown the cover off a huge scandal without assessing the underlying claim, from, claim for themselves. This has been central to the effort by House Republicans to allege that President Biden was engaged in impeachable activity. Uh-oh, here we go. See, Republicans are, the Republicans are guilty of this. They're, they're doing their own research, you see, into, you know, all of the wire transfers and things of that. And, and it's led them to a wrong conclusion. That's what he's saying, this guy. Philip Bump. I mean, are we living in a post-truth world or what? It says, why did so many Iowa caucus goers indicate that they thought Biden's win was illegitimate? Partly because of Trump's advocacy for that idea, certainly. And in part because of the impermeability of the right-wing media universe. But many, too, cited doing their own research, looking for information on the subject that ended up reinforcing their beliefs. Yes, but see, these guys, they won't even look into the evidence of wrongdoing or the evidence of cheating or all the affidavits, or just interview those that signed affidavits. They were willing to sign affidavits on the condition that they could be guilty of perjury if lying. Was anybody in the regime media interested in interviewing some of those people, those poll watchers, those people that saw the shenanigans, that saw things going on with the the ballot drop boxes? Three in the the morning on the case of uh, after election day. So much, so much propaganda, so many lies. We're, we're certainly living in a post-truth world. There was this, uh, this story out of the UK 
the, the BBC, or at least the sportscaster, the guy that hosts uh, Match of the Day, Gary Lineker is his name. And, uh, you know, he, basically his job is to know all things football, and he does know a lot about football, or, or soccer as Americans would call it. So his routine, his routine daily is to get up and uh, read The Guardian, and then send out a bunch of politically motivated tweets, and then uh, talk about football at night, I guess. So he, he retweets something that's calling for Israel, the state of Israel, the Jewish soccer teams to be banned from international competitions. Ban the Jews. Evidently, that doesn't ring any alarm bells for people. But he just retweets it out. He's since deleted it. But here is a guy, here is a guy who hates the Jews. Why is there so much of this in the world today? And from prominent people, the elites, he went to Qatar, Qatar gives safe haven to the Hamas leaders, took in a nice 1.5 million pounds to be the big host when they had the big World Cup. He's fine commentating on the Iranian national team, no problem. But the Jews, the Jews have overstepped their bounds in Gaza, and so we need to ban the Jews. Did you know today Today is the one-year birthday of the youngest hostage taken by these Hamas demons on October 7, January 18th, assuming this little baby is still alive. The youngest hostage in the world. Hamas took this little baby and the baby's family too. One year old today. And this guy, this commentator, filthy rich, living the high life, and it's so easy from his perch to just send out a message about the Jews. There's plenty of hate for the Jews in the world today. And where does that come from? We've talked about that before. The Telegraph says here, the match of the day presenters' unsuitability as a moral guide to the Middle East was confirmed at the weekend when he retweeted a cry for Israel to be booted out of international football tournaments, the tweet cited the Palestinian Football Association's belief that FIFA should show Israel the red card until it ceases its grave violations of international law. Israel's guilty of international law. Not, not Hamas, not Hezbollah, not the Iranians. No, I mean, the Iranian national team is perfect. It's perfect. October 7 really did reveal a lot about just how widespread anti-Semitism is. Telegraph says here, Lineker's sharing of this Israel-bashing propaganda with, its eight point, with his 8.9 million followers on Twitter caused a stink, as it should. It is out of order for the top football pundit at the supposedly impartial BBC to amplify such a partisan assault on the Jewish state. But, hey, don't, don't do too much research into, you know, babies that were kidnapped or women that were raped. We're, we're I mean, we're the regime. We're not even sure that happened. And, and oh, by the way, the Palestinian people, there's apartheid there in Israel. N- never mind that Israel's national team is made up of Jews and Israeli Arabs. They play together on the same team, I mean. 
But, but don't get into any of that. Don't do your own research. Don't you talk about the baby, the youngest hostage in the world. Just let us, tell, let us frame the story for you. Israel bad, Palestinians in Gaza good. That's all you need to know. I mean, they've been preaching that message for years, years and years. You can't get to, I'm certainly on board with the fact that there's plenty of misinformation online and on TV and everywhere else. But you can't get to the truth unless you're willing to do some diligent research. Okay, maybe the casual kind is a little dangerous because maybe you, you'll get to a source that's not reliable. But you better be willing to dig to seek the truth. I mean, the Bible talks about being diligent in Zechariah 6 and, and obviously Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom. Though that word seek, I mean, you have, you have to go after it. The Bereans, I mentioned that example yesterday, Acts 17. They, they diligently searched the scriptures. You've got to put forth a pretty diligent search of the news just to get to the bottom line, just to get to the truth. There's another story out of Canada. National Post. It says, free, free Palestinian television was launched after the Hamas massacre of Israeli civilians on October 7 and has featured footage of Hamas's attacks on Israeli soldiers as well as maneuvers from Hamas-affiliated militias such as the Mahujadeen brigades and the Al-Qassam brigades which operate out of Gaza and the West Bank. It also published speeches with live translation to English from Hezbollah leader Saeed Hassan Nasrallah, and it publishes press, press releases attributed to various terror groups, such as Islamic resistance in Iraq, an umbrella group of Iran-backed militias. That's a, new, that's a new TV station in Canada. In Canada. That's right. And Canadian authorities, they... Well, they've already gotten rid of Russia today because, well, that's, you know, Russia bad, Russia bad. But then they threaten Fox News. They say, if you're not careful, we're going to kick you off. We're going to get you out of Canada. Got to ban Fox because too much misinformation. Meanwhile, free Palestinian television giving press releases for Hamas and Hezbollah, <laughs> televising speeches from Nasrallah. That's okay. That's okay. It certainly is okay with Gary Lineker over in the UK. He loves it. He loves the Hamas press releases. You know, the ones that tell you, eh, they blew up a hospital, killed something like 500 civilians. There is a lot of misinformation, a lot of disinformation in the world today. It's all over the place. And Philip Bump, the, the one who spread the, the disinformation that Hunter's laptop was actually Russian disinformation. He wants you to just not do any research. Don't read, I mean, don't watch OAN for sure. Fox News, no. Don't listen to Republican committee uh, hearings uh, or findings. Just take it from the Washington Post. Just take it from Philip Bump. This uh, story here about one of the lead January 6th prosecutors deep state deep state operative the washington examiner says the top ranking justice department prosecutor 
in D.C. worked on behalf of Qatar and numerous foreign banks that have been accused of bankrolling terrorism. He worked on behalf of Qatar. Here's another connect connection. Biden's DOJ, the deep stay. I mean, the swamp is it's it is swampy, isn't it? But, you know, Lineker, same way, same mentality. Sure, I'll go to Qatar. It's great. It's great that we can have the World Cup there. And I'm happy to make millions more as a celebrity presenter. Lineker is the highest paid presenter at BBC, as I understand. The highest paid. I mean, the guy is wildly popular. And he's also becoming known for his ridiculously left-wing commentating. Online, at least. It says, as the U.S. attorney in the nation's capital, Matthew Graves has come under the spotlight for supervising a sprawling investigation into January 6 and has faced the wrath of GOP lawmakers for allegedly refusing to partner with federal prosecutor David Weiss on charging Hunter Biden, the son of President Joe Biden, in Washington with tax crimes. But before this, Graves was a partner at the global law firm DLA Piper, where he represented controversial Qatari-based entities, including its Hamas-linked government. Why, why do we see so many stories like this? Well, you should go back and listen to that interview with Lee Smith on Tuesday. The part where I asked him about, well, how could Barack Obama or Joe Obama, how could they empower Iran so much and actually help them with the JCPOA, help them to get a nuclear bomb? And Lee Smith essentially said, because they're on the same side. They're on the same side. They're both anti-American. And it's about to explode, isn't it? This world is about to explode in violence. I mean, the, the first, as we bring out in that post-truth world, the first casualty in war is truth. It's truth. This is from January 2024. It says, interesting, or sorry, increasing millions of people are turning to alternative media outlets to understand world events. Many of these sources are proving effective at exposing commonly promulgated lies. But in many cases, they are not necessarily trustworthy either. See, Andrew Miller in this article is pointing out that, yeah, well, if you, if you diligently search, you can get to the truth, but there's quite a few sources out there that are just countering the propaganda coming from the communist left with a bit of propaganda of their own. What a world. The first casualty in the world or in war it says here, in this climate, many people, rather than seeking facts and working to understand reality, have begun to question the existence of reality itself. The concept of truth is being replaced by your truth and my truth. See, Philip Bump is a believer. Don't go and do your own research. Just read my columns and you'll be fine. Don't believe what uh, the New York Post is telling you about. Uh, Hunter's laptop. It, I mean, if anything, the post should be blotted out. The post should be censored. Now, we'll make, we'll make way for Canada. We'll make way for free Palestine TV, for sure. And we'll give a platform to Nasrallah. Of course. He can be, he can be believed. He's an honest and trust, a trustworthy actor. 
says here, you probably hear politicians, pundits, co-workers, and friends alike use terms like disinformation, fake news, information warfare, and psyops. Further on, it says the resulting hoax may have been may have been the greatest political scandal in U.S. history. He's talking about the Trump-Russia collusion hoax. I wonder what Philip Bump wrote about that. I mean, in some cases, as we often note, I mean, the really big stories, the, the Post and the New York Times, they'll put four, five, six propagandists on the story. They're all in. They believe if Christopher Ray's FBI leaks some information to them, it's the truth. It's the truth. They're not, they're not speaking truth to power. They're taking what this powerful regime says as 100% accurate. No skepticism, none, none whatsoever. It says here, truth is the first casualty of war. And this fact is especially true in information wars. It says here, many alternative news outlets can be likened to guerrilla groups trying to fight back against the Leviathan that is the the censorship industrial complex. Yet just because your enemy is a liar does not necessarily mean you are a truth teller. Many alternative media sites spread alternative facts, blatant lies, disinformation, and so on. And then it sums up with this. Civilization depends on a populace that is able to distinguish fact from opinion and logically analyze the world around them. This is what Thomas Jefferson meant when he said, if a nation expects to be ignorant and free in a state of civilization, it expects what never was and never will be. So much ignorance and we're losing our freedoms. We're losing our freedoms. And you've got Chuck Schumer stepping in front of the camera saying, look, I know it's a disaster at the border, but we can't do anything about it unless we continue to fund the Ukrainian oligarchs. The country goes up in flames. And you see where the hearts of these politicians are. You see what's really important to them. Three years 10 million illegal immigrants flooding into our cities, our hotels, our schools, flying around the country, free, without proper identification, not even ID. So many areas of the country, just too dangerous to get into. People, minorities in big cities, up in arms. You're giving these handouts to illegals. What about us? What about us? And some in the black community tweeting out messages that wait until November, you're going to see how many of us vote for Donald Trump. You're already seeing, speaking of Donald Trump, you're already seeing people that were never Trumpers or very critical of Trump beginning to come around thinking that, well, if it's inevitable, maybe I should change my tune just a little bit. This is from the New York Times. It says, as Mr. DeSantis's team licked its wounds on Wednesday, you know, they talked like they won, as I said earlier this week. But the reality is this. His super PAC never backed down, trimmed operations in several places, including Nevada, 
Other staff members were also laid off, including almost the entire online war room team. A person with knowledge of the matter said, it says those who were cut had their email accounts immediately suspended. It was unclear how many people in all lost their jobs. So as I said yesterday, I'm in the Uniparty. They're all in for Nikki Haley. They're pinning everything on New Hampshire. Haley's going to win New Hampshire, they, they think, they believe. And they're pulling the rug out from DeSantis. They've about had enough of him. And he's not doing anything in New Hampshire or Nevada, just focusing on South Carolina, hoping, hoping that he can stay alive. Speaking of uh, Nevada, I think there was an email here. Somebody sent in, they got a ballot in the mail. It says, I live in Henderson, Clark County, Nevada. I received a mail, a mail-in voter packet today, which I did not request. <laughs> That's interesting. All these shenanigans still going on, even in a Republican primary. It says, Mr. Trump is not listed as a presidential candidate. I'm calling the election office in the morning to inquire uh, their reasoning or to figure out what's going on. And I think the, the confusing thing about Nevada, just from the little bit that I've read about it, is they've got a primary on February 6th, I believe, that really is meaningless. And Trump is not on that, uh, that ballot. I think it's only Nikki Haley. But the, the caucus, this is the one where you, uh, where you actually win delegates. The caucus is on February 8th, which is a Thursday, I believe. So it's two days later. So Trump is on the caucus ballot, just uh, FYI, to anyone like this individual that might be uh, from Nevada. But this was an interesting story just from a couple days ago, coming back to Ron DeSantis and the never-Trumpers that were so enthusiastic about him early on. Or in the case of Steve Cortez, I mean, someone that was actually part of Trump's administration, and then he was very much pro-Trump, uh, right up until, I think it was last summer. And then he, DeSantis had all this money coming into his campaign, and Cortez just couldn't resist. I don't know if he turned into a full-fledged never-Trumper during that period, but he's now abandoned DeSantis, <laughs> just as all these firings are happening. It says here, he wrote an article the other day, Only Trump Can Save America. I mean, the title in itself is pretty interesting, given what we know about 2 Kings 14. In any event, Cortez says here, I believed that Republican voters were ready for a new post-Trump chapter of the America First movement. I now believe I was wrong. Those of us who backed Ron, Ron DeSantis or the other Republican candidates should read the room. Former President Trump winnowed the field effortlessly and then crush the remaining three candidates in Iowa. He leads in the polls everywhere else. It's time to coalesce and unite behind the clear preference of the GOP grassroots, Donald John Trump. So again, whether it's just a case of opportunism or, or what, it is, it is happening. <laughs> Donald Trump is peeling away more and more from the minority blocks. Even, I told you the other day, Jack Posobiec's uh, tweet about how a lot of uh, prominent commentators are going back over their Twitter timeline and deleting these derogatory tweets aimed at Donald Trump, cleaning things up a little bit in anticipation 
of Donald Trump's next term. Pretty amazing uh, developments. Listen to this from uh, the J.P. Morgan CEO. I don't know too much about this guy's background politically, but I suspect he's on the panel with, uh, with who is it, CNBC. So he's probably like a lot of other woke you know, CEOs. But listen to what he had to say with respect to Donald Trump, clip one. I wish the Democrats would think a little more carefully when they talk about MAGA. But when people say MAGA, they're actually looking at people voting for Trump and they think they're voting and they're basically scapegoating them, that you are like him. Uh, and, but I don't think they're voting for Trump because of his family values. Now, if you look, just take a step back, be honest. He's kind of right about NATO, kind of right about immigration. Mm-hmm. He grew the economy quite well. China ta- virus. Tax reform worked. Mm-hmm. He was right about some of China. I don't, th- I don't like no, what he did. No, I said China virus. Yeah, I understand. When he, when he, yeah. he may have been right. He, he, and I don't like how he said things in Mexico. I don't like, but he wasn't wrong about some of these critical issues. And that's why they're voting for him. And, and I think people should be a little more respectful of our fellow citizens. And when you guys have people up here, you should, have, you should always ask the why. Not like it's a binary thing. You're supporting right. Trump. You're not supporting Trump. Why are you supporting Trump? It's hard to Trump? hate 75 million of your fellow Americans. And it's, I, I agree. It's done quite and, you know, the Democrats have done a pretty good job with the deplorables, not, hugging onto their Bibles and their beer and their guns. I mean, really? Like, can we just stop that stuff and actually grow up and treat other people with respect and listen to them a little bit? Jimmy, and, and I do think the economy will affect. And I think this, this negative talk about MAGA is going to hurt Biden's election campaign. It is hurting his election campaign. All this negative talk about MAGA, all this hateful talk about MAGA. And what was it that the French lady had to say about Joe Biden? One thing the president does not do is insult voters or the American people. That's all that he does. That's all that they do. And that's why they're tracking your financial transactions, seeing if you're buying a Bible or anything MAGA related or even a sport, a sporting goods store. I guess MAGA people like sports. Who knows? But they got, they got to keep an eye on you. This is uh, the J.P. Morgan CEO basically saying, look, I think, I think fellas, I think this is hurting us. And, and then one of the interviewers says, uh, yeah, you can't very well hate 75 million people. How many will it be this time around? Sundance says in response to this, this clip you just saw, J.P. Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon said he remains cautious on the U.S. economy over the next two years and then starts to position himself for a President Trump election victory. There's a lot of people, suddenly they're positioning themselves for a Trump victory. I know there's still a lot of disinformation that's out there. Only 20% would vote for Trump if he's, if he's in, or convicted if some crazy lunatic judge convicts him, finally, finally, it'll be 20% Trump, 80% for Biden. That's what the propagandists are out there saying. Others, they're positioning themselves for the inevitable, including Jamie Dimon, including uh, Steve Cortez. It says here, the remarks prompted below are strategic, data-driven, predictive, and filled situational awareness. 
nothing more. It's not like Sundance is saying, it's not like he's a Trump, uh, a Trump supporter now. He's just positioning himself and his company to make sure, you know, it gets some good favor from a Trump administration. This last bit says, telling your tribe to stop the negative attacks against the other side is how a strategic financial CEO positions himself and his organization for the most likely outcome. You know, maybe we shouldn't be so hard on the MAGA movement. Maybe we shouldn't be so hard on Donald Trump. Maybe, maybe his persecutors should back off just a little bit. Trump was outside the courtroom. Well, I forget the case. There's so many, and there's so many appearances, they're hard to keep track of. But he just asked this judge if they could postpone the trial for a day or maybe until Monday so that he could go back to Florida, I think it's in Florida, and attend his, uh, his uh, mother-in-law's funeral. Melania's uh, mom just died recently. And this judge says, no, absolutely not. You either go to the funeral or you miss the trial. And Trump wants to be at his trials. See what's going on. See what's being said. See how his lawyers are handling things. The judge wouldn't have it. And this is what uh, President Trump said outside the courtroom, clip nine. So he would rather have me miss the funeral or go to the funeral, miss the trial. And that's a nasty man. He's a nasty judge. He's a Trump-hating guy. And uh, it's obvious to everybody in the court. It's a disgrace, frankly, what's happening. It's a disgrace. Happens to be a Clinton appointment, but I'm sure that has nothing to do with it. These are, these are nasty people. These are agents of chaos. These are anti-Americans. These are, these are individuals with a lot of power. And they're backed by a lot of money, as I said yesterday. And they want to bring down America. They want to destroy America from within. And also maintain their grip on power. It seems like it's counterintuitive, but this is how they operate. This is what the dear leader wants. And this is why spreading disinformation is so crucial, crucially important to their overall strategy in this war. The war in 24. That's all we have time for on today's show, the fastest moving hour in broadcasting. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We thank you for joining us on today's show, and we'll see you tomorrow.